He is risen. He is risen indeed. What's good? What's good? This is Pastor Keon and happy Resurrection Day. Thank you so much for joining us for our Easter message. I have a few announcements before we get started. Next Sunday, April 16th, we are going to be having our neighborhood cleanup service. This is going to start at 930 at the Wellington Heights Community Church building. We're going to have donut hour and then at 10 a.m. we'll get started cleaning up the neighborhood. That following Wednesday, April 19th at 6 p.m., we are hosting Lynn County as they are going to be facilitating a panel on environmental justice. Again, this will start at 6 p.m. at the Wellington Heights Community Church building. This April and May, we are going to be engaging in a devotional called The Art of Creation Care, looking at our calling to care for God's creation. Be looking for the digital newsletter um, for, for dates when we are going to actually meet to discuss this devotional. If you are interested in getting one of those devotionals, uh, we have hard copies at the church. You can pick one up at the, at the neighborhood cleanup or uh, we can email you a PDF. Just uh, email us at wellingtonheightschurch at gmail.com. And lastly, uh, I got the opportunity to interview a local environmentalist named uh, Stephanie Hefner. You'll be able to hear this interview during our Sunday service podcast on April 23rd. So we will not be meeting at the church on Sunday, April 23rd. We are having an interview uh, with Stephanie Hefner. um, And we are going to just learn more about how we as image bearers of God can, can care for God's creation as he has called us to. Please check your emails for the digital newsletter or Facebook and Instagram uh, for upcoming events in April and May. If you want that newsletter, go ahead and email us at wellingtonheightschurch at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Let's lean in. Let's listen. Our first scripture reading is from Luke 24 verses 1 through 12, and this is the Common English Bible Version. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home wondering what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our next reading comes from Psalm 118, verses 1 through 2, from the Common English Bible. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, because his faithful love lasts forever. Let Israel say it, God's faithful love lasts forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Our next scripture reading comes to us from the Message Version of the Bible and is found in Isaiah chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. He will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe tears from every face. He will remove his people's disgrace from off the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. They will say on that day, Look, this is our God for whom we have waited, and he has saved us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Today's gospel text begins early on the first day of the week. The message version shares that it was the crack of dawn on Sunday. It was early, and this morning most likely didn't feel sacred, peaceful, joyful, or calm. These last few days were and have been a blur. Jesus' command to love one another as he had loved us, the abrupt foot washing and the strange words that night as he passed the bread around the table and shared, do this in remembrance of me now made eerie sense. Mary Magdalene didn't think it would really happen, but he was gone. They had come for him, right there in the garden, a familiar place where they often went to pray. Then he was gone. She had followed the next day in disbelief with the other women as he made the slow, agonizing walk to his death. Mary Magdalene had stood there numb and in shock as they drove the nails and he's, as he breathed his last breath. Mary comforted Jesus' mother, and perhaps she, like us, in the midst of heartbreak and tragedy, couldn't find the right words to share. Maybe all she could do was to hold on to Jesus' mother, to be present and weep together. She then followed to the garden as they laid him in the tomb. He was dead. It was finished. When Mary and the women arrived back to the tomb for burial rites, much to their surprise, that morning the stone had been rolled away. The tomb was empty. How could this be? What have they done? They have taken him. The scripture states that they were puzzled. Maybe they thought that this was one final move from the people in power who had robbed her of her teacher and her friend. I wonder if she thought that they must have taken his body to deny him the proper burial. Looking into the tomb with the stone rolled away, much to Mary's surprise, she is met by two angels who asked her, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but he has been raised. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that he must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day he would rise again. Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen. Go, Mary. Tell the others. So Mary, the first gospel preacher, ran to tell others the good news.
Mary Magdalene expected to find death and despair, but instead she found new life and hope. We too have stood in Mary Magdalene's shoes. We also can understand what it means to expect or experience despair, but then find new life. We also can understand what it means to be living in a time so painful that all we can do is hope and hold on. Like Mary, we too have stood there peering into the empty tomb with the stone rolled away, experiencing confusion and chaos. And like Mary, we don't go looking for resurrection, but resurrection finds us. Jesus' resurrection is about God loving us so much that God is willing to go to any length to find us. Because like Mary, we too go looking for God in the familiar, in the places we expect to find God. But in Jesus' resurrection, just like Mary, God doesn't meet us where we often expect him. Jesus' resurrection power finds us when we're down and out, when all hope seems to be lost, when we gather in places and neighborhoods that people want to avoid or get out of. We see time and time again that God rolls back the stones that confine us or box us in. God stands waiting with a familiar voice to call us to new life. All too often, our Resurrection or Easter Sunday focus is only about the individual. Just scroll through social media. It's about my relationship with God, my salvation, forgiveness of my sins. While I was a student at UNI, I was walking to class and someone passing out tracts on campus asked me if I was saved. I knew the correct way to answer that question. Yes, I'm saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost-filled. But I had been having an awakening and understanding my privilege, seeing the complexities of generational poverty, and frustrated with the self-absorbed faith practices and an individualistic understanding of salvation. So, being the Enneagram 8 I am, I decided to ask some questions. What good is it if I was saved but everyone else was lost in their perspective. How is my salvation supposed to benefit those around me? What's next after being saved for me and others? And is the personal reward of eternal life sufficient when the world around me is crumbling? As I was journeying with clergy mentors, I shared these questions with them and together we began asking different questions and studying how the good news of resurrection is not simply an individualistic gospel, but a holistic gospel. According to Dr. John Perkins, the founder of CCDA, which our church is a part of, shares this, the good news of Jesus cannot be understood except in relation to God's original design for creation in all of its fullness, or shalom. Jesus came to make all things new, which means the good news of salvation involves the restoration of all parts of a person 
and a community. According to the Greek lexicon, the word saved can also be translated to as made whole or healed. Jesus has come to bring wholeness and healing to all of creation. Colossians chapter 1 says this beginning in verse 15. I'm reading from the message version. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and find its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together, right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so expansive, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. In this passage, in the familiar NIV or King James Version, Jesus is described as the creator, sustainer, and reconciler of everything. In light of this, the good news is even more grand, sweeping, and epic than what we may assume. Yolanda Pierce, a a theologian, professor, and the dean of Howard University School of Divinity, poses this question. What if instead of passing out tracts and asking people if they are saved, we switch up the question to, are you safe? Are you safe? Someone being bullied at school needs to be safe. Someone in a toxic relationship wants to be safe. Someone caught up in violence is praying to be safe. Someone struggling to keep up with the demands of life wants to be safe. All of us need and want to be safe. As we become present with God, ourselves, and others, we begin to deeply recognize how we are whole people. And while the question of, are you saved by the blood of Jesus, is a question that we can ask within the context of a relationship, we also must recognize that as followers of Jesus, we are commanded to care about the very real forces and situations that prevent all of us from being safe, whole, and free. It's important to acknowledge that everything is not always okay with us, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, 
physically, relationally. This is okay. As we honestly reflect and assess our lives, we will realize that we are just like everyone else in need of healing, wholeness, and freedom. In our Lenten devotional, Were You There? Reflections on the Spirituals, this reminded us this week that we, as a journey of people of faith, this journey cannot be taken alone. We is the journey. As we are transformed and spiritually and physically well and safe, we have a responsibility to pray and work and live out into the fullness of the good news of salvation. Our freedom, our wholeness, our safety is bound up together. According to our family's auntie, Willie May, salvation is no trifling matter because salvation moves us beyond a focus on me and into we. We have to ask ourselves and our faith communities, how are we living as Easter people with concern for both our spiritual and physical conditions? for ourselves and for one another, that we are all safe and well. Too often, we are fearful of being vulnerable and admitting that we are in need of help and care. Too often, we are unwilling to reach outside of our usual boundaries and schedules. Too often, we get stuck inside our ruminating thoughts about me and my life, and my concerns. Salvation and living as Easter people moves us beyond only a focus on me and encompasses all of us, me to we. New life, wholeness, forgiveness, and transformation is what Christ offers. Christ's resurrection is not a tale or simply a fact. Christ's resurrection is much more. It's a vibrant reality. It's a movement. God created and then came among us in the person of Jesus to show us the way to be reconciled and right with God and with each other and with all of God's creation. All of us are invited. All of us are called beloved. Today, death and empire has been defeated. The power and hope of the resurrection is among us. Resurrection reminds us that joy comes in the morning, even though you are weeping right now. Resurrection allows us to see and tell the truth about the pain and the chaos that surrounds and wonder what new thing God might be doing among us and breathing new life into. John 10.10 says this, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Salvation, wholeness, healing, abundant life is offered to us through Jesus. It is deeply personal and it is highly communal. Pastor Kian and I often ask each other the simple question, you good? 
you okay? This question is asked with a holistic implication. You good? I want to ask you that same question today. Not are you saved, but are you safe? Are you good? Are you okay? Whether you feel that you have been journeying with God for a while and you're eager to be here or you're here for a restart, or perhaps you were dragged here this morning on Easter Sunday, I want you to know that you are loved, that you are seen, and no matter what you are going through or what you have done, God's arms are wide open to embrace you. And you are welcome here at Wellington Heights Community Church. We care about you as a whole person and a desire for you and all of us to flourish. Now you may be feeling nudged to be prayed for or to talk to someone. I want to encourage you that Pastor and Kia, Pastor Keon and I would be honored to do so with you after service. Or perhaps you may want to just fill out a welcome card and place it in the back of the box of the worship space and let us know you would like us to reach out to you. We care for you. We want you to be good and well and safe. Later in the passage from Luke that we read this morning together, it shares that Jesus, the risen Lord, walks alongside his friends on the walking path. But they did not know it was him. They didn't recognize him. I wonder if this group of friends were not their best versions of themselves on this walking path after the weekend and week they just experienced. Yet even so, Jesus walks alongside of them in solidarity. And then he goes on to greet his friends. And the first words he shares is shalom, peace, be with you. Shalom or peace was a typical greeting in Jesus's culture and context as a promise of peace with God and as a check-in of, I hope your wholeness is well. Jesus met his friends who were in a difficult circumstance and I'm sure experiencing all kinds of complex emotions. And Jesus extended peace. Jesus says to us, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you peace. The peace that is offered to us today and always through Jesus is not instant gratification or superficial, but rather it's holistic. The peace that says all of creation, including you, may be whole and well. Experiencing peace with God and extending this to one another so that we may live in harmony, in justice, and wholeness. Let us close our time together offering this prayer that was offered in our call and response one more time. Jesus is alive. The grave has been overtaken by life. The new kingdom has begun. The way of love is victorious. And this good news fills our hearts and all of the earth. 
May the beauty of the good news, the way of God's kingdom breaking in, stir us, astound us, and awaken us, that we may live with renewed purpose, energy, and clarity as the people of God. Amen. Hey, this is LD, Wellington Heights Community Church Worship Arts and Tech Coordinator, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to turn on your notifications so you can be one of the first to listen to future episodes. Also, be sure to hit that like button and share this podcast, and feel free to leave a comment or two as we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit our website to stay updated with what is going on in the community. As you know, we are reliant upon the benevolent gifts of donors just like you to continue ministry in an urban setting. So if you are compelled to give, please give at donorbox.org backslash WHCC. Or you can visit our website, wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org and hit that donate button. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Have a blessed day.